All men are created equal, but they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Fight, liberty, and the If liberty means anything at all, it means the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. Make America great again. The Big Mac. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. You kind of cut me short there. I wasn't no. sure. Welcome back to the Big Mig. I am your host, Lance Miliacho. This is my co-host, George Ballantine. You guys norm normally know we run our regular intro, though. George threw off my timing. I thought we still had 45 yeah, seconds. Yeah, we did. I, missed, I forgot Thankfully, to put it in. Thankfully, <laughs> I wasn't doing anything that I shouldn't be doing off camera. You have to act like the camera's always on when you're doing these shows, that's for sure. Uh, listen, uh, as you guys always know, it's tip of the spear. We try to bring you what's relevant. We know that information is a perishable item. You have to keep current. You have to keep on top of what is going on in the public. If liberty means anything at all, it means the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. And you know on the show, that's what our plan of attack always is. We're trying to educate America and unify America one show at a time, providing information and facts. We always bring the receipts and we try to bring you the most important interviews. If you're paying attention, you will always find there is more to the interview than what appears to be because we want you to know the details about the people that are in the movement and the people that you can really trust in the movement. Uh, division is a technique of the deep state, and that's what they want to do. They don't want us to be unified, and we're going to talk about that at the very end of the show for a few minutes. In the meantime, George, I know yes, you're sir. excited about this show. You got your GIF on. You did all kinds of extra stuff. You put together a new intro, even though you cut our intro, but not a big deal. Yeah, I'm I was sure the rushing. audience knows our intro by heart. I apologize. Man. I was rushing today and forgot to add that little small detail in. Yeah, it happens. You had to set up a second laptop because your other laptop, your new one, went in for repairs. So that obviously no, it's going in Saturday. So I had to get it prepared because I'll be working tomorrow. Throws night. a glitch in the matrix. We've got to do one show. It's been a busy week. We had two radio shows and multiple shows. And we were on another show, so yep. it's always complicated when you have a lot. But this is a special edition. You know, we're normally not on on Thursdays, but we have two very special guests, as you guys know, Dr. Jan Halper Hayes and uh, Brigadier General, U.S. Army retired, Anthony Tata. Well, you know, Lance, uh, I was going to say, yes, um, sir? we can blame me not doing the intro on Dr. Jan, because I was all excited she's coming on the show again. You know, I love that lady. <laughs> <laughs> we got to do the blame the shifting. Yeah. There's blame shifting. I'm going to have to get him a copy of Anne Rand. That's what happens when you don't acknowledge me when you come on in the back room. I mean, uh, my feelings were hurt, man. Yeah, they're in the green room right now. And as you guys always know, we try to get the guests in a little early. George is, as his OCD starts to kick in, he likes to get the shots and audio set up. But again, uh, you got everything ready to roll. You got you got the new laptop cranking, so that's always good. So listen, you guys know there's been an awful lot of interest in Dr. Jan Halper-Hayes and some of the interviews she did. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm going to go into both of their bios, but I just want to tell you, that's what triggered this interview. Uh, 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 
General Tata is a, is not only got a, a, an incredible uh, career in government and in the military, obviously, he is also a very, very accomplished author with, I believe, now 16. 15 was the number, and I believe he's completed a new book that he'll get a chance to talk about. But the book that brought a lot of interest was a book that Dr. Jan Halper-Hayes actually mentioned specifically, Double Crossfire. I I had uh, I've gotten through reading the entire book a couple of times. I've gone back and made some notes, but very interesting. Runs parallel to many things going on currently. We're obviously interested in to find out what inspired uh, the general to write the book and maybe what motivates him and inspires him in some of the other books. I read a bunch of the condensed versions, you know, the the uh, Barnes and Noble quick shots, and it seems like a lot of the topics are very relevant to concerns and things that are going on in our own government, which is quite interesting. So uh, let me give you a little background. George, throw up the thumbnail so we can just give him a quick shot of what we're talking about here on Crossfire, Double Crossfire. Um, hold on. Here we go. Oh. Here we go. So that's the thumbnail we put together to promote it, but we like to include what's going on. You can see the chess game in the back. As we know, we believe there's more to what's going on in the public. We like to call it 5D chess. We also refer to Dr. Jan that that's one of her uh, specific. We might be uh, going on 6D now. Just saying. Yeah, exactly. Um, so look, let's talk about bios here. Uh, listen, he's he's got a crazy. I had shortened his bio. His bio was so long that I, I think I would have taken the first half hour of the show. But he's thankfully sent me another one. So listen. So understand. And if you guys know anything about government, not only was he brigadier general, he was also the former United States Undersecretary of Defense. Uh, and so number three position within the United States Department of Defense during the Trump administration. He's got a distinguished military career, includes commands in the 82nd Airborne, 101st Airborne Divisions, and 10th Mountain Division, as well as operations. And, and I want to point out a lot of these were combat operations because he did receive a combat medal uh, in Afghanistan, Bosnia, Croatia, North Macedonia, Co Kosovo, Panama, and Haiti. His military awards include the Bronze Star Combat Action Badge Ranger Tab, which is always, we love Rangers, we love the special forces on the show, we always appreciate the service and the extra, what it takes to become that revered title in special forces. Master Parachutist Badge and Department of Defense Award for Distinguished Public Service. He's a West Point graduate with a Bachelor of Science and two Master's Degrees, one from U.S. Army School of Advanced Military and the other one from uh, in Operational Planning from Catholic University of America and International natural relations. He's also a distinguished member, a uh, national security fellow at Harvard University's JF School uh, of Government. He's a national best-selling author. As I said, it was 15. It's now 16. Um, I, I just want to put up this quick. We got a clip from the Newsmax interview he recently did just to give you kind of a tone of what he's about. He's he's constantly on. Uh, I, I looked it up. He's They're always calling on him as an expert uh, when it comes to big events, whether it's Palestine or Israel or other events, Ukraine. Uh, so great to refer. George, throw up Media One for me, would you? Lance, let me just, uh, Media One, I kind of cut it down because it was long, but they're, the whole, that clip was, they're talking about Afghanistan, how this administration is always blaming, putting the blame on Trump or, or deflecting. And, they're, you know, about yeah. the crazy withdrawal that now yeah. all those weapons are being used in um, 
probably the war on terror yeah, over there. Bl blame shifting is an expert tactic of our uh, Washington, D.C. uniparty. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's always Trump's fault or somebody else's fault. They're never responsible. When you look at the real numbers, not the published numbers, I actually put together some stuff for the Gateway Pundit. The real numbers and the weapons and the cash that was left behind, it's it's higher. A lot of They like to call it, quote, 80, 80 billion, but it's really, really north of $100 billion. They don't often want to talk about the pallets of cash. Some of the stuff they left behind, I know this for a fact. Uh, we, we had sources, uh, some intelligence sources from back in my old days that had provided me information from other countries, and they told me that the Chinese were in Afghanistan immediately after withdrawal, buying our equipment, buying what they wanted, whether it was Blackhawks, to reverse engineer the technology. So you look at what happened there. It wasn't Trump's fault. That Afghanistan pullout was clearly this administration. And I blame both sides of the party. I blame it's a uniparty. I blame the Republicans and the Democrats. There is no doubt in my mind that it was intentional. Nobody would. I mean, let's face it. The stupidity of leaving the weapons is bad enough. But who leaves pallets of cash? I mean, you could have thrown some jet fuel on them. You could have used an incendiary device, and you could have gotten taken care of the cash. There was no reason to fund them like they did. But, George, go ahead and play the media, because, you know, if I go down that I rabbit know. hole, I may not stop. I'll, st <laughs> I'll mute you. Don't worry about it. Why is it not flipping through right now? Uh-oh. Lance, well, keep talking for a second. Uh, see, he wanted to cut me off. He didn't like it. Well, I'm going to do Dr. Halper's. Uh, so for people that don't know her, she is a political psychologist, Republican mm. commentator under contract with the DOD. She's one of 12 people tasked with observing social media and providing government feedback. And I can tell you she's an expert in that because she catches just about everything that happens on social media. We've gotten to be friends. We talk on WhatsApp once in a while. And she is a hawk. I just want to point that out for anybody that thinks she's not. She's internationally recognized expert in strategy and leadership, advising with FTSE 100 and Fortune 500 executives for over 30 years. Uh, she's an author, and I got to tell you, this is the one I'm always impressed with, because how she interviewed 4,000 male executives for 43 in-depth profiles for this book over two years. I, I don't even know how you do that, but it's called The Truth About Successful Men. It's a provocative study based on these interviews. And I got to tell you, I can't imagine the kind of patience that took for her to do it. But at the beginning of 2014, she took a sabbatical from her role as managing director of pre-stage advisory. She assumed leadership at the worldwide vice president, directing 51 Republicans overseas country chapters. She's chair of UK to focus on the 2016 presidential election. Uh, she writes for Breitbart, Newsweek, and Telegraph. Uh, she's been on BBC, ITV, CNN, uh, uh, Sky, and CNBC. She's been on, I don't even know how many podcasts now. I mean, I, I think she, I'm losing count. I'm trying to keep, pay attention, but I don't always pay, uh, do a good enough job. She was a production manager. We were talking about earlier for the Today Show here in the United States. Hey, Sean, Emma, I'm grateful with you. Thank you. Uh, uh, well, you know, you've got an entire generation of uh, veterans, uh, active and, and retired servicemen and women that served in Afghanistan. And that action was a slap in the face. This report is a slap in the face to all of those men and women uh, that served their country uh, in that uh, in, in Afghanistan. Uh, the issue was never to get out, as Biden uh, seems to uh, keep harping on. The issue was how do we get out and how do we do so safely? And in the Trump administration, when I performed the duties as Undersecretary of Defense for policy, we had a plan. 
Uh, we, we had a very good plan. Uh, we, we moved uh, the, the force level down to 2,500 uh, troops. Uh, we focused on Bagram, and that was our plan, was to collapse into, into there and then uh, figure out how to move from that point forward. Uh, but this uh, blaming the Trump administration, I, you know, never let uh, an agency investigate itself. That's uh, the first rule. I mean, this administration loves to de just deflect blame for everything that goes wrong. Hey. Deflecting blame, blame shifting. Uh, as I mentioned, joking around that I was going to get a Georgia copy. They all need to uh, spend some time reading Atlas Shrugged. Our D.C. cabal doesn't seem to think that the American public is paying attention. I think they're paying attention more than ever. The blame shifting, we're all tired of it. But let me go back to Dr. Jan. One of the interesting facts about her besides her public persona. She was ranked 13th, which I always laugh because it's funny when you get to know her, you would not have guessed this if she didn't tell you. 13th in the USA in women's powerlifting and California state champion two years in a row. And then here's the kicker also. For anybody that knows Michelin star restaurants, I can't imagine how difficult it is to work in those restaurants. To get that Michelin star is no joke. I know some chefs over the year that were successful in getting it, but it was a labor of love and took an tremendous amount of focus. She has worked alongside kitchens of seven several Michelin star chefs. Uh, I'd have to say that's a pretty outstanding accomplishment in itself if she didn't have the rest of it. What's driven uh, the, the reason we're here, uh, Dr. Chan did a couple of interviews that sent the internet into a tizzy. Um, I, I don't think we're going to cover the interview itself, but what happened is shortly after the interview, Donald Trump Jr., Donald Trump, and General Flynn reposted, George, can you throw up the media, Donald Trump's uh, uh, post over on True Social? Sure. Coming up. Oh, wait. There we go. So this is the first post that actually I, Donald Trump Jr. actually initiated it. I found out from behind the scenes how this had come together. Uh, and of course, this this anytime you get reposted by Donald Trump, it's a validation of sorts in the community of somebody that uh, that you can count on that is uh, that is a real source of information and is somebody that is a credible individual within the community. And then right after that, my friend General Mike Flynn uh, reposted Donald Trump. That's about as it, it, I don't know if it gets much better than that when you have two people with the credibility. And George, if you could throw up the next one to let them see General Flynn's post. Uh, if you, what the, the point is this, you don't get, that's it. I mean, you get both of those people validating you and you don't, you don't do too much better than that. We operate one layer away from Trump with the people that we talk to, but, and we're fortunate to have that. All right. So let's talk about double crossfire. So Dr. Jan mentioned it through a couple of her interviews that she thought it was a very important book to read for a number of reasons. Now that I have read the book cover to cover, I see exactly what she's talking about for people that have been, and I only got politically motivated in about 2009. I didn't like where the country was heading. My daughter did not seem to understand the severity of it. I'm not sure anybody her age does. She's 29 now, but I think that group and down, I think they're naive to the consequences of us. Uh, they think that they, they're taking freedom for granted, not realizing it's something we have to fight for every single day. Let's throw up the cover of the book, George. Coming up. Now, yep. the, uh, the number one injury, this is part of what I would call the Jake Mahegan series. 
But in itself, if you know what's going on behind the scenes or if you're aware of it, obviously all of us are investigating constantly. There are a lot of references and there are a lot of interpretations here that you kind of go, hmm, when you read it. Uh, and it's funny, a couple of things that I won't go into, but I have a friend that's high level in the Secret Service. I made this for him there's, too, ready? There's a couple of things within this book that hit home for me. Is this the 15? This might be 16, right? Is that 16? 16, 16? yeah. So we did get all 16 in there. Uh, we didn't miss any. So hopefully. I won't get in trouble with the general. Yeah, you don't want to get on his bad side. I think that could be a bad side. <laughs> Let me give you the summary, and let's bring these guys in right after you give the summary, George. So, and I love the way they actually describe it. President by any means necessary. For some reason, when I hear that, it reminds me of Hillary Clinton, and it reminds me of Barack Obama. I don't know why. Maybe it's my own suspicions, but we know what, what I'm probably really thinking. So this, the, here's the description. Despite the election results, losing candidate Jamie Carter refuses to accept businessman and political newbie Jack Smart as her president. In fact, Carter is determined to take her rightful place in the White House by any means necessary. That sounds really familiar. Once she maneuver, maneuvers her way into the Senate, only three people stand in her way. The Speaker of the House, the Vice President, the President himself. And I, I got to say, it should have said also the pro temp but that's okay. The countdown begins. The assassins are ready. But when one of them tries to kill the CIA director under Jake Mahegan's watch, the plan is momentarily derailed. Jake is able to prevent one murder, but the conspiracy is too big and insidious to stop now. Senator Jamie Carter is the mastermind behind one of the bloodiest coups ever conceived. Her highly trained killers are closing in on all the president's men. And of course, and the, and the course of American history will be changed forever, an assassination day. Well, uh, that lays it out. I'm going to bring them on. George, let's bring our guests on. I've been talking for way too long. I'm sure everybody's ready to see our guests. Uh, I'm sure they are, too. Welcome Dr. to this Jan. Big Meg show. Yeah, welcome. And hi, General, George. how are you guys? She said, hi, George, not you. you. <laughs> yeah, she said, hi, to you. You, you, you gave her a guilt trip when we were back in the green room. Actually, of course she's going to do that now. You know, you're telling her she needs a session from you. <laughs> I applied this tactic on her just now. Yeah. By the way, oh, the do, yeah, Dr. Jan, so... Yeah, George, you'll have to send me a picture. Yeah. Okay, I'll send you an autograph picture. So, just wanted, when <laughs> when General Tata was talking with Newsmax, and, you know, how they are always blaming the other side, so maybe you could appreciate this, um, Dr. Jan. When you take the me, M-E, out of blame, you get blah, blah, blah. Remember that. M-E <laughs> out of blame, it's blah, B-L-A, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. All right. So, Dr. Jan, you're at home. You're in your you're in your office. I see. So we're we're lucky to have you there. And I, generally, you are in Washington D.C. Quite a changed place. Uh, the last time I was there, it was it seemed much of a ghost town. Is it still kind of like that at the moment? It seemed like a lot of the yeah. offices. There didn't seem to be a lot of activity. Yeah, a little bit. You know, uh, I'm I'm up here on business. I live in Florida, but uh, uh, what you've got here is a city that's in a high state of decline. And it's uh, not extremely safe to be walking around out in the middle of the night on, uh, in D.C. So um, the government's not fully back to work yet because of, you know, the work from home uh, scenario. We just lose him. And, nope. and so restaurants are declining to be filled. And, and we've got the situation where you got a progressive mayor that is um, – uh, uh, not doing all she can to protect the citizens. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's not the D.C. that it used to be by far. And Dr. Jan, you have been extremely busy. Uh, you have obviously been wildly popular 
post of those interviews. How many interviews, if you don't mind me asking, how many of you have you done since the BBC interview? If you could just draw it and estimate, I'm not looking for a, specific, a perfect number. Mm. Well, uh, since the GB News interview, I have probably done 25 to 30, and I've got a running list of another 36. Whoa. I have to space wow. them out because I have, I have jobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have private clients. <laughs> yeah. I have. I used to have a life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's always tough. Lance, you know, we can always just make this our go-to show and just you don't go nowhere else, Dr. Jan. You know, we are, <laughs> yeah. we're your favorites, so, I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, come on. Yeah, my favorites, but how am I going to keep on telling everyone that they have got to read Double Crossfire, that they should get over their nervousness and all their worry, and it is fiction, but if they want to see real life, they can see real life as well. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to have to take that uh, uh, just one step further, that description. I'm going to consider it fiction reality. Uh, and that's me. Oh, I'm not, ask I'm not asking either one of you. Fiction reality is a term I, I coined on a book that I wanted to write about some of the history back when I was a contractor. Uh, so I, but fiction reality was a term, but I always think that they always say that, that a story, the best, and I don't want to say lies, but we you know some of the best lies are intertwined with truth. Some of the best fictions are intertwined with truth. And that is what I would consider it. I'm not asking either one of you guys to comment on it for specific well, reasons. I just but want to add something to that, Lance. Yes, sir. Crossfire, the book. Double crossfire. Double crossfire book. It's real, but it just identifies as fiction. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Exactly. I don't, I don't know who Jake Mahegan is. I got to tell you, he sounds like a hell of an operator, whoever he is. But uh, So look, uh, General, uh, there's a bunch of storylines in here, and they're really relevant as applied to today. Maybe, maybe you can kind of share with us maybe where some of your inspiration comes for your writing uh, you know, and, and how do they, how do these, cause I noticed the books kind of have a pattern. I looked at all the titles. I I read weirdly enough. I know it probably, but I read every one of the descriptions cause I didn't have time to read all the books. And, uh, I see a pattern just, I'm kind of a pattern recognition guy. Cause I look at material all the time, all over the globe and on the internet looking for stories. So what can you tell us about that? Yeah. So, uh, first of all, you know, yeah, embedded in my bio is a long history of government service, uh, from uh, the military to state and local government up all the way up to uh, DOD. And I've worked with some great Americans in, in those roles, and I've also seen how corrupt, uh, particularly the federal bureaucracy, can be as it preserves power and tries to divide people to continue to preserve power. And so specifically for Double Crossfire, you know, the book's about an attempted coup by a losing presidential candidate uh, and I developed that plot, got that inspiration after 2016, and I saw the enormous headwinds being thrown in President Trump's face from uh, all the women marching with their hats on uh, to the Mueller investigation to the made-up uh, Russian collusion story that came from Hillary Clinton. And so I modeled, uh, of course, uh, these, and I don't do this ever really in my writing, but uh, the, the scenario was just too rich uh, not to take advantage of as an author. Of course, President Mart um, has a very close resemblance to President Trump. And, and uh, Senator Carter, who becomes a pro tem, uh, has a very close resemblance 
to Hillary Clinton. And they they are real life um, protagonists, antagonists, dependent on your point of view. Uh, and then um, uh, so when it, it made for a very natural story to tell about someone using any means necessary. And they were using any means necessary and still are using any means necessary to prevent the president then from being successful. And and the metaphor of this whole book uh, is, is about the attempts to stop, regardless of the outcome, uh, impact on the nation, but to disrupt a legitimately elected president just because they don't like him. And, and because primarily because they're going to expose, he's going to expose all their corruption and, and get in their way and stop all their progressive, crazy policies. And so, uh, you know, the president was a businessman. Newbies in D.C. don't like uh, they don't like newbies in D.C. Right. And so mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the day, um, Carter's behind all this and. Having to kill the speaker and the and the vice president and the president uh, is is really a metaphor for the links to which these crazies are going through. He's breaking up a little, George. To try to disrupt yeah, President Trump yeah. onto this day. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, I think that that sums up very well what's going on in D.C. right now. They've continued. If you look at what the 50, the dirty 51 plus eight uh, did with the Russian collusion hoax, and you look at what they did to um, discredit, first of all, the fact that our foreign surveillance systems were used to spy on Donald Trump when he was just a civilian. And then you take those same foreign surveillance systems. And Dennis Montgomery made this very clear when in 2006 he became a whistleblower in that case in Arizona, in uh, Las Vegas. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but he actually talked about how the foreign surveillance system, the hammer and the hammer, uh, the hammer supercomputer and the hammer exploit had been turned around and used to spy on everybody from the FISA court judges to all sorts of political officials so they could back pocket material. Uh, those disks were turned over to the FBI. Uh, uh, there were 53 disks in total, and of course, nothing ever came from it, and all they did was attempt to discredit Montgomery, even though later on they recontracted him for another DOD. It was a Navy contract to create a, a foreign, uh, and it's now declassified, so I can mention it, uh, Project Orca. So you look at what they did with Trump. It hasn't stopped. It's a witch hunt. I always say to people that don't like Trump, I say, well, think about it like this. Both sides don't want Trump in because he's a true D.C. outsider and he's a a guy that can't be bought. They've been unable to corrupt him. And even though they did spy on him, even though they did look for any kind of dirt they could find, they couldn't find anything. I mean, some of the stuff they have dragged out from his past like that one woman that was successful in front of that liberal judge. I don't know how that could even be possible. Obviously, Trump's never been in a situation where women weren't interested in him. Uh, I only met him one time years ago in a club in New York. This is back when I was a clubbing guy, but he was, oh, and he never drank. I never saw him drinking any of the times that I was out anywhere, and I, I saw him out. He's just not that guy, but they they continue to try to discredit him. And my, you know, my point always is the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And what I tell people is it doesn't matter whether you like them as a business person or you like them as the fact that he's, you know, had lots of beautiful women in his life and he's been divorced and remarried, whatever any of that means. It's not relevant to what's going on in D.C. And a true outsider is our only hope 
to save the country. But you know, when I look at your storylines, I always, you know, the, the, the taglines that come up, the storm is upon us, the plan, there's pieces within those documents that are so telling because in fact you have nailed, uh, you, and, and they somewhat like, again, some of them are identical to stories that I have heard out of DC on attempted coups, some of the attempts on Trump's life that have never gone public that I'm familiar with. And there's quite a few of them that I've been told about. I won't share those because I wasn't uh, offered the opportunity to share those and, 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 and to explain exactly how they happened. But there were multiple attempts on his life, why he was president. I think even now he's in danger. Uh, but I think we're, we're really in danger if he doesn't get back in. And I don't know what to do about the election system. Uh, you know, but your other books also relate to this storyline. So is that, do you, is, is it, is it kind of what you did? You just continue to, to add more information that you were aware of or these storylines or ideas that come straight out of DC? Uh, I, you know, the, the, um, idea for me, uh, with my exposure to the government at the very highest levels is that, uh, the Joe six pack, Joe lunch pail, of of the country always gets the shaft, and and the bureaucrats in D.C. always uh, get the victory, and and that uh, David and Goliath scenario is what I try to weave into my stories uh, because it's real and it's true, and we see it with the exposure that President Trump gave us by exposing the media. We see it with the exposure that Elon Musk has done with X and Twitter. And, and seeing the collusion, the techno-fascism that has taken place and how uh, very powerful forces are, are colluding to prevent us from living a life of uh, pursuit of happiness and peace uh, consistent with our Constitution uh, because very few people in our government, the unelected bureaucrats in particular, that want to maintain power. And so they want to keep these people in power that aggrandize themselves. And so every one of my books has has some version of that theme in there. And it all crystallized with double crossfire, where I saw the massive headwinds where everything came together. Uh, big tech, uh, the super liberal progressive movements, uh, the Uniparty, because you know, remember the you know, how 90% of the Republican Party didn't love him either. And so uh, at all, he was he was he was the David against the Goliath of of the monolithic government, uh, techno fascism, and the Uniparty all coming together, and the media, of course, that uh, that empire that's been created between the media, the tech tech world, the you know big tech, and and the big government. All they they are crushing uh, uh, people like you and me. And Dr. Mm. Jan and 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 they're they're trying to control the narrative, and and they they do pretty much every day, but little bit by bit by bit it comes out. And from an entertainment perspective, I'm trying to do my part to show to break that narrative as well with the stories that I tell that are fiction, but they are also have a very um, there. There's a lot of uh, fact in that fiction, uh, as you say, yeah, life I imitates do. art. 
Yeah, and I think fiction reality is a great terminology for that, in my own opinion. But of course, I came up with that. So of course, I think it's a good idea. Dr. Jan, you know, you at, 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 when you were going through your interviews and you actually brought up Double Crossfire, uh, what, 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 what did that book mean to you? When you first read it, how did you actually become familiar with the book? And why did you feel like it was so important to share it with the community when you did? Because your timing seemed to be uh, perfect. well that genre is if if i'm not doing nonfiction, then i am reading something to do with terrorism political uh terrorists um just i i just can sit down and probably read a four to 500 page book because they keep getting longer um, in a few hours because I just love that genre so much. But the book I think came out in 2019 and I read it. I ended up buying numerous copies, sending it to a variety of different friends. And I said, I think there is some truth in this story here and when I started doing my interviews one of the things that I was very conscious of was people well the first thing my my interview did in terms of the feedback was I gave people hope and my goal has always been to encourage them to continue to trust themselves all I did was kind of put a gold star on the fact that they got it right before I even said anything, but I just felt like something was going on. So I told people, you've got to read this book because although it's fiction, you will see so much of life, so much of the world that we are dealing with right now. And hopefully it will give you some calm and it'll give you insight a little bit better so that you can put up with it a little bit easier. I gotcha. Well, that makes a lot of sense. General, let me ask you this, because there's a couple of characters in there. When I, when I look at their, uh, who they are, did you craft any of the characters in the book after any individuals that you were familiar with in DC or worked alongside with or otherwise, and you don't have to name who they were. I'm just curious if some of those characters were actually crafted and created and molded based on specific people within the DC. Well, this is probably the, the first book that, that I've, I've really done that uh, because I was so um, upset with what was happening that I felt like I had to um, create a more realistic backdrop because I felt like it was a pivotal point in our history. And and I've already mentioned the the president and the senator um, as the protagonist and the antagonist. And then there were some others that uh, um, were representative of some good people and some bad people. And, and of course, uh, the, the true protagonist of the series, Jake Mahegan, uh, is a former Delta Force operator from the Outer Banks of North Carolina. And he's representative of all the good men and women, the patriots, that to this mm-hmm. day are doing things that we, don't, that we don't really have knowledge of to continue to keep this country moving forward 
in the right direction, whether it's evacuating people that helped us from Afghanistan when the government can't do it, evacuating people from Gaza this past week uh, when the government can't do it. I, I mean, already the same people that did, uh, you know, the Pineapple Express in Afghanistan did uh, evacuated dozens from uh, mm -hmm. Gaza and the clutches of Hamas. And and so there, it's, it's, it's an allegory, a metaphor for the goodness and, and the patriots that are behind the scenes every day uh, fighting on our behalf to keep this country uh, wedded to its constitution. Yeah, there is no doubt that, uh, you know, and we, we hear and see it, but the manipulation of the narrative and how organized they have gotten, uh, you know, and Mockingbird Media is like uh, Mr. Rogers as compared to where they're at right now. It's gotten so sophisticated. Uh, and it's interesting, you make a reference that I thought was interesting to an AI voice manipulation software in there that was very remedial early on that was supposedly used to uh, duplicate Jake Mahegan's voice to uh, trick uh, Cassie. Is that her name? Do I have it right? Cassie Bagwell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So to actually trick her into believing that Jake left her behind intentionally. But it's interesting because that, that manipulate that software, uh, you know, people don't realize like AI is going to get much worse. We just debunked a video. I hired an expert that's an old government contractor friend of mine. We debunked a Roger Stone video that Acts, the, the video was created by some overseas individuals that were financed by, uh, it looks like, uh, Scandinavian intelligence uh, to discredit Roger Stone. It had to do with his, um, uh, the, when he had his case pending and he was hoping for a presidential pardon on his second case, kind of a sweeping one. But it wasn't really what it was about. They turned it into a J6 video. And what people don't realize is the manipulation of AI, we're at the very forefront. It's going to get much more complicated. And the programs behind the scenes that different governments are working on are much more sophisticated. So it's going to get more and more difficult to tell. Now you can tell because you can do frame by frame and you can look at uh, the material and you can, you can kind of disseminate because it's still remedial. But the programs that you start talking about in there, it's interesting because that was very early on in 2019. AI wasn't what it is now. It's a more common term that the normal person because chat GBT has changed the landscape. But when you look at the Twitter files and you look at Facebook, Facebook's been hiring nonstop CIA, uh, ex-CIA, ex-government contractors to work for them. Uh, they've been funded by the CIA and Graphica. You look at the fact of what Instagram is. And, and people, you know, it's hard, right? They're very concerned. And, and the division that's created by this, this narrative that's being pushed, it's, it's tough for people. They're worried. They're in fear. Let's face it, what they did with the J6 uh, defendants and what they're doing with them currently, it's criminal. They've hid Brady material, they've hid sculptory material. We know for a fact a friend of mine had access to a very, very sophisticated facial recognition program that they ran through the videos that were available, and we identified, I don't know, 40 or 50 different federal agents, DEA, uh, Department of Homeland Security, FBI, and they were at the front lines. They were interacting with, uh, with you know, uh, Gray Epps, if you look, they're using pop smoke communication, just like the military. A lot of people haven't discussed that, but it's a fact that the people in tower were communicating and, and they used less lethal munitions to agitate the crowd. But the specific goal of that event that I believe it was orchestrated to put fear in people so they wouldn't peacefully protest. It was a peaceful protest. Some of the people that have received sentences were, you know, grandmothers that just simply the doors were open. They walked inside. They looked around up in the air. Some of them handed out sandwiches and cookies 
they, they, they talked for maybe a minute or two and they walked back outside and those people are getting uh, jail sentences. So the weaponization of government and the weaponization of the narrative behind it, uh, it's tough for people. So when something comes along like double crossfire or like a Dr. Jan Halper Hayes or yourself, and it gives the people the opportunity for hope or real truth, it's, 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 it's vitally important. And so Because even the digital soldiers or people like myself and George as we fight, you know, we get attacked all the time. It's become standard. I warned Dr. Halper. I think I was Halper early on. I think I told her, I think I called her up and said, well, be ready because they're going to come after you. They're going to attack you. The more over the target you become, uh, the, the more likely those attacks. So there's only two ways they come at you. They attack you to discredit you. They bring up your past because they're worried about your future. Um, or, or they, they try to discredit the people like they, I constantly get attacked for my friendship with Michael Flynn, you know, General Flynn and, uh, Roger Stone. I get attacked for being friends with them. Often people put, you know, nasty things. I get death threats. So if they can't get you like that, then there's the opposite, right? They want to try to buy you. If they can't find dirt on you, meaning, and if they can't find the dirt, they want to attempt to plant the dirt on you. What kind of experiences have you've had some experience with that, but without going into detail, do you feel like that's a tool that's constantly used? And have you referred to some of that in your books? Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, when I was going through my nomination process as the undersecretary, I was attacked viciously for months and months and months and uh, petitions from these progressive groups representing Iran. Because, you know, some of my books have uh, a theme about extreme, uh, extremist uh, Islam uh, and uh, how we need to protect ourselves. And and so I, I was getting attacked from the progressive left, from from Iran, uh, from CARE and, and other institutions. And the Democrats uh, in, in the Senate, uh, at, in the Senate Armed Services Committee, they were all over that attacking me, tweeting. They were personally tweeting saying, this guy shouldn't be you know, whatever. And here I've served my country for 28 years in combat, highly decorated. I, after that, I went and, and I, I wanted to help underserved communities in education. So I served as the chief operating officer of Washington, D.C. public schools in our nation's capital for two years. And then I went and I was the superintendent of the 15th largest system in the country in Raleigh, North Carolina and Wake County helping that underserved community of, of you know, 38% uh, free and reduced lunch uh, uh, earners there. And, and you know, 150,000 students. Then I was a secretary of transportation. I've done nothing but serve this country and be a citizen. And these people come after me. They can't hold my jockstrap. And they come <laughs> after me. Um, <laughs> I, I, I agree. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing, laughing with you. No, no, no. I, yeah. I, I, uh, <laughs> they, they come after me for something I said, you know, during a difficult period of my life uh, where a friend was calling Trump a Nazi. I said, well, if Trump's a Nazi. Then, you know, Obama supported terrorists, which, you know, he, he did with the money to Iran. And we're yeah. seeing the fruits of that right now. But then it's like Tata called Obama a terrorist and yeah and like and, you know it was a jokey thread back and forth on Twitter of course I shouldn't have you know I, I, I shouldn't have made it easy for them but come on give me a break all of my life all I've done is serve this country and try to help the people that these people pretend to care about but you know they don't care they care about one thing and that what that one thing is is power and so they try to divide us they try to pit us against each other 
And, and that's what my stories are about. I want my readers to take away my passion of love for this country, love for all of us that are scratching out a living every single day to try to make the country better, to try to uh, serve our families better, and try to just be happy and have peace against those that are trying to divide us and destroy this country. And that's what my passion is. That's what the themes of my book are, is that Jake Mahegan and, and... What the hell? Uh, you know, and I think it's on his series oh. with Sam Martin's press card, especially. Yeah. And, and, and he's, 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 he's got everything against him as he is trying to do the right thing. And the backdrop of this country today with the woke military with that nobody really cares about. And he, he's got this tight team and they're taking casualties and and it, and it's that men versus mission dilemma. How do how do the people he loves is that are, he considers his family. How does he continue to take them into the fray for a nation that really doesn't care about him? And, and that's where we are today. And, and so that theme has evolved over my sixteen novels, and that passion is incorporated in my storylines. And, and I'm going to I'm going to turn to George here in a minute. But I have not always been a good man. I, I can honestly say that I'm a changed man now. But I have not always been a good man. It's interesting when I have read your bio and I read General Flynn's bio, and I became friends with General Flynn because of Roger Stone. You guys are better men than I will ever be. I still have a dark side. It's hard for me because I think of what's going on in D.C. and I'm incredibly angered. Uh, you, but taking things out of context is not new from their playbook. Right? Right. I mean, if we look at any playbooks and we look at any governments worldwide, uh, taking statements out of context to discredit an individual and trying to decide his entire life was on this one moment. I had some moments in my life that I'm not proud of in my history, but I've moved on from that and I've done lots of things since then. The right. point of the matter is, if you take one statement out of context, that does not make the man right. And, and whether it's multiple right. statements out of context, I mentioned that if, if, if Millie was guilty, uh, General Millie was guilty of treason and sedition that I would be happy to execute the sentence on him because in <laughs> fact I believe that what he's done to our military and what he did communicating with the Chinese behind Donald Trump's back I believe that's treason and sedition that that's my belief I have a couple of legal degrees and I've studied the law you know as sick as that is as a hobby for probably going on 10 years now I read them I read law books constantly I, I don't know why I'm so obsessed with it but I am and um at the end of the day, it, that, that's what they do, right? We're getting ready to go to a break. George is going to come. When we come back, I'm going to get George's comments. we got to have some questions in that chat for both of you. And Dr. Jan, I want you to touch base on what we just covered here because I, I can see you smiling over there, and that brain of yours is working. Let's take a break, George. Thanks. All right. We'll be right back, everybody. Here at Sea of Mud, we make apparel that speaks for you. We're American-made with locally sourced manufacturing that works as hard as you do. Some of our threads aren't for the faint of heart. We make sure of it. 
From the ashes of the Alamo to the victory that is now Texas, Sea of Mud is America's rural country personified. It's a one-stop shop for American culture. Our threads are bound to make a statement that is bold as the American spirit. criminals too. Today everyone is being tracked, then profiled, analyzed, and your information used against you, sold to the highest bidder, or just outright stolen. Even worse, the coming AI state, artificial intelligence, is now watching you like never before. Without privacy, you have no freedom. Every patriot, Every American citizen believes we are a government of the people and by the people, not the other way around. So the time to act is now. Reclaim your right to privacy with Alias ID. Learn more at aliasid.com and try these powerful and proven tools that deliver dependable results, backed by our $1 million privacy protection guarantee against data breach. It's all yours, risk-free for 45 days. You have nothing to lose but a lifetime of privacy and freedom to regain until Big Brother and Big Tech changes for the better and forever. Wow, it's so soft and smooth. It's cool to the touch. How did you do that? Well, we took my pillow's patented bill and combine it with this new technology that we didn't have back then when I invented my pillow to bring you the best pillow in history, my pillow 2.0. Because of all of you, my pillow 2.0 has been a huge success. And now we're bringing you our best-selling go anywhere my pillows with the same temperature regulating technology. Made with my patented adjustable fill and brand new cooling fabric, they're truly the next generation of MyPillow. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to save over 60% on our MyPillow 2.0 four-pack special. You'll get two MyPillows and two go-anywhere MyPillows, regular $259.92, now only $99.98. King size, just $10 more. This is a limited time offer, so please order now. Okay. Welcome back to the Big Mix Show. Here we are, host Lance Miyacho, myself, G Money, General Brigadier General Anthony Tata, and the none other beautiful Dr. Jan Halper Hayes. So, first of all, I want to thank our sponsor, Sea of Mud, Sea of Mud Apparel. You can get shirts there, knives there, hats, all kinds of stuff, flags, women's clothing. They sponsor the Big Mix Show, so help them out. And they're also running a special for the Big Mig Mafia. 15% off, just type in The Big Mig, capitalize T, B, and M, and you're good to go. 15% he's giving you guys. It's great stuff. They're helping us to help you, so do it. Uh, Lance, I got to give another shout-out to the um, family in Chicago. They're sitting there with Papa. They're actually probably listening during dinner time. We know how to, uh, some people don't like to do that. <laughs> but Papa and his three girls, 
Yep, we got um, let me see. Cat, Mona, and eight, and Tracy's now Big Mig Mafia. Thank you, Tracy. We appreciate you over here. Keep on uh tracing it on. And I should have cleared this up for the general. The Big Mig Mafia is a terminology that our subscribers came up with on their own, <laughs> probably because of our names ending in vowels. I'm pretty sure in the fact that I'm from Fordham Road in the Bronx and George is from New Jersey. But, uh, yeah, that's how they refer to themselves. So that's kind of a self-moniker. I didn't want well, you to get. I didn't well, want you I, get nervous. I hope I, could, <laughs> I, hope I can be a, a made man one day. So you know, yeah, so. you're gonna be a, after the show. You're gonna be a friend of ours. Okay. <laughs> now you can't leave, Doctor Jen. Now, been, now, now uh, we always like to say now you can't leave. Doctor Jen's been <laughs> been big big mafia now. She's you know she's been going good. Yeah, and by the way, like Doctor Jen, you know she's this. She's got her own crew. We know that. That's why we always got to watch Doctor Jen. You got to keep an eye on her because she's she's running roughshod over there in the UK. Doctor Jen, uh, I told you this from the day one we met that. Anybody comes at you in the wrong way, we got you. I got you. So no worries. We got you six. Yeah, we're always working. Even though the you probably don't need it, but there's people watching you know, for you, just so you know. Yeah. Thank you. But I do need it sometimes. And, and we got you. I got you. Work very well. Because I don't want to do I don't want to say anything nasty and I don't want to take any of them on. Mm. But I've had a couple of people that have done it for me. Really? Yeah, and we're going to give you a chance to, I want you to talk to the community about that, but I just want you to know that behind the scenes, you'd be surprised what is going on when it comes to the, the individuals that decide they're going to divide the country. I clearly don't believe in any, I especially don't believe in the paid shills that uh, populate all the social media platforms. We know that they're being paid. It doesn't matter whether it's the Krasensteins or Brooklyn Dad, JoJo from Jersey. And it seems like there's a constant influx of people that are willing to take the money and try to discredit people, whether they're trying to discredit General Flynn or Greg Phillips or yourself. We know who they are, and uh, we're going to give you an opportunity to address the community about what they should be doing. But I want to let you comment on some of this dialogue. You sat there, and I know how your brain works. Do you want to comment before? Before we took the break on what we were discussing there as far as the application of what's in the book with reality and what's really going on. Hmm. Well, I started to have this incredible scenario in my head that I need to get the book to the liberals because I need to give them the illusion that Jamie Carter is fighting to get in to be president and they can, through her, watch all, you know, psychologically enjoy all her machinations. And then maybe it'll kind of wake them up in the end when she doesn't, you know, we go there. But um, when she's not successful. Right. When yeah. she's not successful. But that she put together an, uh, a team of assassins and... It's just too parallel to what we know. Yeah, I, I think that's a very valid uh, point and a great concept. I think that the community is naive to uh, what the consequences are often. It, it's great, uh, you know, I always compare it to the bartender that steals. It's great when, you know, if you own a bar and he steals one night, he steals one beer and he gets away with it and he steals the next night, he steals two beers and he steals three beers. I've used this analogy very often on the show and before you know it, you're paying his rent. And that's the problem with DC, right? These people think that there is no accountability. There is no storm coming that they think they can run like this 
un, unaccounted for and and, it, and nothing there are there's going to be no consequences and you know obviously uh people in our side of the movement they want consequences because you know for me the rule of law it has to apply equally if somebody is guilty of violating the law i do not want them to have specific laws that will allow them to live outside the law it has to be equal protection under the law and it has to be equal application of the law we don't have that right now we have a weaponized fbi a weaponized doj i don't like uh, you know, again, the military, the direction of the military at this time, uh, we had a couple of whistleblower FBI agents, uh, Kyle Serafin, a well-known guy, and Steve Friend on the show together. And I said to him, should the American people trust the uh, FBI? And they said, absolutely not. And, and that's the scary scenario, right? We've got these agencies that are being, uh, uh, you know, funded with unlimited pools of money, right? And yet they aren't uh, using their charters, their charters, they're running outside of it. You know, they run in some of this surveillance is being run out of Fort Detrick and otherwise. You look at how they they, they do it in groups, right? They've got these uh, groups that run under the same uh, area. And so the charter of CIA only being used internationally and FBI being used only domestically, it gets commingled. Nobody knows whose data is whose data. So, of course, oh, I didn't know that was material we weren't supposed to be. It, it, it's, it's an excuse and it's a misapplication. And we see this going all the way through our uh, Department of Justice. You know, our, our federal judges, I believe that if we had the true information, we would find that that hundreds, if not thousands, are compromised in one way or another. Uh, the allegations that Dennis Montgomery made was that they back pocket the information they, they find. So if somebody's having an extramarital affair or they're a homosexual or they, they, uh, they, they're a pedophile, they, they take this information and they back pocket it for use later on American citizens. And, and, and then, and based on the, the, the court case and open source, you know, open source intel, uh, it looks to be true. But when you have that kind of a situation, a government that's run so rampant, how do you fix it if there isn't accountability? If you can't turn, I always say there needs to be a fourth department of government that runs completely independently with its own budget, with no oversight. And and, and, and again, that's dangerous because you wonder how would you keep it in control? But if you could if you could fulfill it with patriots like the general, like Mike Flynn, like a Kyle Serafin, like a Steve Gray, 30-year FBI agent, if we could fill it with the guys that we really want, I mean, Anthony is a guy that we really want in government, right? Uh, General Flynn is a guy that I really want in government. Those are the kind of people that I trust. But yet the best people, the people that we can really trust, the people that can be counted on are the people that are leaving, being discredited, because they're the ones that are that the people that are corrupted in government are afraid of, right? If you can't corrupt General Tata and you can't corrupt Michael Flynn, what do you do? You try to discredit them. That's how that's a solution. Or you try to buy them. And if you can't buy them, then now you have to figure out how to get them out. That's what they did with the arrest of General Flynn in the dirty 51. So it, my question is, how do you fix that, Jan? How do you fix it to get everybody to move in one direction? How do we wake everybody up simultaneously? And we have to do it much faster. You know, I believe the, the the barbarians are at the door. <laughs> well, well, they are. But one of the things that you said was that they think they can get away with it. No, they get away with it. And one of the reasons that merit is not a criteria is that it then makes it easier to put anyone in and they don't have to have the qualifications to be doing the job to fix it 
you need to bring some outsiders in. I just published an article, Congress, your jig is up. And I outlined why I don't think anyone in the House is qualified to be the speaker. They need to bring someone in from the outside who can actually give them some spine and get them moving and doing things. They don't use their power of the purse. They don't use their subpoena power. How many more hearings are we going to have? How many times are we going to hear about the bank records for the Bidens? You know, they don't know how to take action and bring something to conclusion. And I think it's really dismal that we don't have the right, even one of them, who could be the speaker. I'm not happy I, about Steve Scalise. And, I, 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 I agree with you wholeheartedly. George is going to have some questions here, but I want to give the general a chance to chime on this, George, and then you can bring the questions. But I, that's my problem. I think if we if we finance if we took all their electronic devices, if we drug tested all of them, and we investigated their finances, I think out of the 535 executives in Washington D.C., I'd be surprised if we had 15 or 20 that were honest people when we got all said and done. I don't care whether it's a book deal, I don't care if it's foreign money, I don't care if it's super PAC money, insider trading, drug use, uh, and any other crimes we could possibly think of. I think that their their electronic devices would be, and I think they should have that responsibility. I think we should be able to audit. But I agree with you, uh, Dr. Jan, at this point, I don't know. Tony, so what do you think, General, and your thought on this? How do we fix this? I mean, where do we go from here? The barbarians at the door, and we're going to talk about you know, how Israeli and uh, the Palestine, how this intelligence allegedly was missed on this invasion. But we're also going to talk about the application in comparison to our own government. Your thoughts, how do we fix this? We're, you know, based on where we're at right now, I don't think we're waking uh, up fast enough. Yeah, uh, Lance, this is why it's so important that uh, President Trump win um, and not make the same uh, error that was made in 2016, where he 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 took the Uniparty's recommendation, he took the Chamber of Commerce, mm -hmm. he took the RNC, and, and let all these people that didn't support him um, uh, jump across the threshold. Say, oh, we love you, and they got all these plum positions, and it was just a resume pad for them. Meanwhile, I helped him win North Carolina. I was working every day as a Trump surrogate. I never got a phone call until the third, until the last year when Trump saw me on Fox News and they were, hey, why, did, why haven't you hired this guy yet? I went and met with him in the Oval Office and he's like, I can't believe we haven't hired you yet. And I'm like, you know, and, you know, to his credit, Mark Esper got in there and said that he was blocked by the, the, the establishment. Mm -hmm. And so we cannot let that happen again. If the, if, you know, when President Trump wins in 2024, uh, we have to come in with a landing team filled with people that have his vision and are able to execute his vision to restore this country's principles and values and, and focus on America first and move in that direction. And, and this border issue, Hamas, uh, it's all connected. There's been three major intelligence failures in the Biden administration. Uh, Afghanistan, where they didn't realize that the Taliban was gonna sweep the country in a few days and, and leave over hundred billion, as you say, in equipment. Uh, behind. Uh, uh, remember, nobody ever talks about when uh, Russia 
invaded Ukraine, that Andy Blinken's first instinct, Biden's first instinct, was to remove Zelensky from the equation the night before. They offered him a ride out. And Zelensky famously said, I don't need a ride. I need ammo. I need weapons. I need supplies. Think about if Trump had done that. I, I can put this a different way. President Bri Biden is a Putin stooge for trying to decapitate the Ukrainian government and help Russia's invasion on the eve of the invasion. That's how it would be framed with, with Trump. And now the third uh, big miss, we have a responsibility and intelligence sharing agreement with Israel. Uh, uh, you, you're telling me that we didn't know that uh, this massive undertaking with uh, uh, Hamas was... Nope. That little was about to take there. place. Uh, that's a big, that's the border. We, we don't know. We, we have no idea what the border, uh, what's going on at the border. And so our um, intelligence failure uh, will lead to some catastrophe here in the country. And, and, that, and those are the four big things. And it's because the, the, the government is weaponized and they're focused on PTA moms, soccer moms, Catholics, and Trump supporters mm -hmm. and political opponents. That's the issue. And that is 100%. You've just nailed it. And, and, and George, I'm going to let you get your questions next. Why don't you hit the questions, and I'm going to comment, and we'll go into what the next item is here. All right, so we got a few questions for you guys. So um, let me see. General Tata, first questions. What do you, what do you think about uh, Miley? Uh, uh, Millie, um, Millie. General Millie. Mark Millie. I, you know, <laughs> I served with uh, Mark for many, many years. He's a combat veteran. Um, uh, I, I, you know, I, I disagreed with a lot of things he he did as as the chairman. Um, like I think any uh, highly controversial public figure, um, he's he's been um, accused of a lot of different things. Um, I. I I share um, a longstanding relationship with uh, with Mark, and so I'll, I'll just leave it at that. That's enough gotcha. said. That, that's enough said in my book. So we got, let me see here. Um, in the recent conflict with Israel and Palestine, is it intentional for some reason, like stopping the 2024 election, et cetera? Uh, I, you know, I would not put it past uh, the... Um, this administration, uh, if you think about what happened with COVID and the loosening the signature requirements and the mail-in ballots and all of that, I would not put it past this administration to try some hijinks to impact the 2024 election, because you know they don't necessarily believe in democracy. You know that they don't care about democracy. They care about power and maintaining that power. I mean, Biden is on record saying he's going to do everything he can to stop Trump from being on the ballot. So uh, I, I don't think we've seen uh, the end of the efforts to try to remove Trump from the equation. Yeah, they're going to keep going with, with all their fake um, 
indictments. Well, they've got such, yeah. a, a, such a sophisticated system of manipulating our elections. You've got the dead mo I like to call them dead mocrats, but the de the voter rolls that haven't been cleaned up. You know, you look at the mules they use to drop ballots. You look at the changed votes electronically, the ballot scanners that weren't working. They've been using cellular technology that we've seen from behind the scenes. Mark Lindell, Mike Lindell's investigation and some of the other investigations done show that they're actually using geofencing to determine when Republicans are leaving their areas and whether they're going to polling stations and they're counting how many Republicans are going to vote using cellular technology. So there's there's so many ways they've done this. We have to go back to paper ballots. We probably have to use blockchain technology. There's a lot of ways to fix it. I just don't know if we can fix it prior to this election. And clearly, they're not going to want us to fix it as they continue to push, you know, the court cases like the Brunson case, uh, the Georgia case with Greg Phillips and Catherine Engelbrecht and some of the other things going on around the country. We hope for results, but it's complicated. George, you have other questions? Yes, we do. So this could be either for Dr. Jan or the general. So this is from JoJo. She asks, who keeps an eye on our military, biological weapons, Fauci? Is there someone else doing it with all the um, stuff that's been going on? Is that JoJo from Jers? That is JoJo from Jers. No, and it's not yeah, JoJo so from Jers. The military, there's, a, there's an entire chemical core. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's hope not. Um, uh, but there's a chemical core, and there's a general that's in charge of the chemical core. Uh, they're in charge of chemical, biological, nuclear, and radiation um, events, equipment, planning, training, preparation. Um, you know, Aberdeen, Fort Detrick, and other places around the country um, have um, um, the required um, materials uh, locked up and safe and secure, uh, and and uh, that's their responsibility to do that. Because, like, Lance, and I know you, we, we've seen this, like, I don't know, four months ago. I think, Dr. Jen, I don't know if we talked about it with you two on the show. Like, in California, they found, um, on a, like, a lab where they had um, coronavirus in there, COVID in there, they were, and they were mixing up a bunch of other stuff. And, like, that lab wasn't even, not even supposed to be sanctioned. Yeah, they had 30-plus pathogens yeah. in that lab. Like, how is that stuff, like, allowed to happen here in, in this country? And no, nothing's being done about it. Nothing. I, I think that's the focus on soccer moms and PTA moms and Catholics and political opponents. Um, that takes the FBI's eye off the ball, the real threat. Uh, these people aren't a threat. Yeah, yeah, Sonia Labosco, the U.S. Air Marshals, has been on the show, and she's it's it's uh, you know the born yeah, and other types of things. Yeah, Sonia Labosco has talked about how, for example, the Air Marshals would be pulling pulled off of flights to track people. Uh, you know, whether it was PTAs or teachers that went to J6 or otherwise, and they're using our Air Marshals to do that versus being on flights. I think when you have an open border. Uh, we get a lot of intel from the open border from people like Ben Berkwam and Michael Yan and Vandersteel, because obviously they're doing that uh, Operation Burning Edge and some of the other investigative journalism they've all been working on nonstop. Ben's amazing. You know, when you start seeing individuals from 80-plus foreign countries coming in unobstructed through the border, uh, we're not running the background. We need to be. We catch a very small handful. Those are the counted numbers, not the gotaways. We're looking at millions and millions of unaccounted military-aged individuals, military individuals that have come in through the border. I mean, it's a scary proposition. When I say the barbarians at the door, we just saw Hamas advertising. When I say Hamas advertising, Hamas flags 
in Michigan on a story that George dug up. Dear boy. You know, I just saw I saw a video of some Palestinians on the highway that had their flags sticking out of the car. Some of them were Hamas flags, and they were doing donuts on an interstate blocking traffic. That was a video circulating on social media today. Well, you had to look the cart to leave. Transnational. To- let me finish this yeah. thought because then I'll let you go, George. Because I know you. I know we, I believe I know what you're going to talk about because it's that Vegas investigation you're working on. Transnational gangs are organized and they've infiltrated the U.S. and they're actually going into wealthy neighborhoods and they're robbed, they're targeting and robbing the wealthy, specifically picking highly sellable quick items, jewelry, bullion, coins, uh, you know, anything that's quickly usable, guns. We we broke a story that I'm surprised didn't go mainstream, but the cartels have been buying massive amounts of 3D and 4D mills from China uh, they're duplicates of the mill, if you're familiar with it, General, the Ghost Gunner. Are you familiar with this? I'm I don't not. Know if the Ghost Gunner is a mill that can produce receivers for pistols, AR-15s. You can also pull, you can produce Glock Sears. It looks like, as we have seen previously, all the normal gun traffic is north to south. What we're seeing is the cartels, Uh, to the point that they're allegedly funding government officials that are anti-2A, that are 2A legislative pro-restricting our gun rights uh, politicians, and they're investing in them in the hopes that they're going to pass additional restrictive gun uh, laws so that they can start moving guns into the United States. They're buying large amounts of gun parts and that. And, you know, what you've got is we're getting infiltrated. We've got a woke military, and I have to be honest with you, if I was going to be in a combat situation, the last thing I want is a guy that wears a dress in his in his, his casual time. That doesn't really appeal to me being, you know, back-to-back with that kind of a person. Because I think that's a – and Dr. Jan, you and I have talked about this. It's a mental health crisis. I can't tell you why, you know, uh, if, you, if you listen to uh, if you listen to Alex Jones, he would tell you that it's something in the water. Some of the doctors agree with that. Some of the doctors agree that it's something in the vaccines because we've got both uh, female and male genetic DNA in vaccines mm. because we're seeing it. Because I, I know, look, I have to be honest, at my age, when I was a kid, I didn't see a ton of trans, and I grew up in New York. I mean, if there was gonna, there was always homosexuals in New York. They were in the nightclubs. They were in Studio 54, the limelight, the red parrot. It was common to see groups in there, but it wasn't like you like these transgenders were in your face. It wasn't something you saw all the time. And I understand they're less than half percent of the population and why we would want them running our military, because I think it's mental. I think it's a mental issue. Personally, that's my opinion. I, I, you know, I'm, I think everybody deserves to be happy. I just don't think that's a role, especially with the potential for combat. But here we are getting invaded, right? I mean, this is an invasion. This is no joke. Ben Berkwam has a bag of IDs that's 86 different countries. It's not just Latin America, Mexico, and South America. It's the Middle East. It's, it's China. It's Asia. It's Vietnam. And these people are not being vetted. There are MS 13 gang members that are coming in and you can see they've had tattoo removal on some of their facial and this has been verified by many individuals and right now our border patrol what are they they're welcome wagon they're not border patrol people you know george comment because i know you 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 and i have been talking about this behind the scenes you would have been better investigating (laughs) a lot of this you would have been better off with your theory and i'll say his theory but there have been transgenders out in new york city for a long time it's just that it's more I'm not going to, it's how it's more acceptable with Hollywood. That's why people come out more and feel more freely to flaunt it. If when it's, if anything's acceptable in Hollywood, then it's okay to come out in the public. Yeah, but, but do they belong in the military? You just, I say no. Not. Hell no. You should have just went with your theory. 
that uh, Michelle uh, Bob, yeah. Michael Bond wants to be president, and that's why, because we all know she's a guy and transgender. They want to make it more acceptable, has been my opinion all along. So but again, that's why they're indoctrinating the, the kids. Because when you start endangering the people of the United right. States. General, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, because when you start endangering the people of the United States through the policy decisions you're making because of DEI or some other obscure or maybe because of big Mike Obama, it, it seems crazy. And I'm not asking you to comment on Mike Obama. That's our own theory. I'm asking you to comment on the military. Uh, yeah, I, you know, the military needs to get back to um, a focus on um, uh, killing the enemy. And, and creating a force that is razor sharp uh, with respect to uh, airborne rangers, infantrymen, and the logistics network to support um, our tip of the spear folks. And uh, this uh, focus on um, other things, um, you know, the DEI and all that, in my view, um, uh, you know, sure, Everybody ought to, um, you know, feel okay and happy and all that. But um, the at the end of the day, you shave your head, you get a uniform, uh, you march, you do push-ups, and what we want is people who can follow orders, issue orders over time as they get trained and execute the mission. And that's what we need to focus on. Uh, we can't meet our recruiting goals today because of some of these changes. A lot of parents are voting with their their feet, their children's feet by saying, no, you're not going in. A lot of children are saying, no, I'm not going in. The 17 and 18 year old high school graduates. Uh, we're, we're, we're missing routinely now uh, recruiting numbers for all the services. And, and I spend some time talking to leadership in the, in the militaries about um, you know, finding these young men and women uh, you know, uh, an opportunity to come serve. And so it's a real issue right now uh, to field an Army, a Navy, an Air Force, a Marine Corps that can execute the national defense strategy. And uh, we, uh, a message that says you're signing up, you're going to go fight um, and preserve our nation is a much better nest message than some of these other things that we're hearing. That's great. Dr. You know, Jan comments on what they're doing. Oh, and then go ahead, George. I'm no, sorry no, real quick, I just want to say what you say. There was a, um, an article, or was on um, one of the TV stations, that the military's te now taking in more immigrants to sign up. I mean, how... Immigrants are illegals. Huh? Immigrants are illegals. They're letting yes. them sign up? I mean, it, this is what's happening right now. How, how, how yeah. much can yeah, you actually I, I trust think, them? Yeah, yeah, so... Well, so I, I think there's there's a, you know Jan's question is are they um, you know undocumented or illegal immigrants or are Same they thing. just immigrants that are um, you know uh, you know fully uh, you, know, you know full citizens and um, there you know there are some uh, DACA kids and that kind of thing that come in to the military uh, and then get their citizenship afterward and. Um, I, you know, that's, that's, that's not a, not a bad thing, uh, when, when you are able to take some of these young men and Absolutely. women and, and, and transition them, uh, and they turn out in my experiences, they turn out to be pretty good soldiers. Um, uh, so, 
there's there's um, and there are requirements. There are vetting and all of that to make mm -hmm. sure that um, you know that they're not part of an MS-13 gang back in El Salvador and all all, all of that. Uh, well, there's so a story circulating right now that Hezbollah has people uh, entering Venezuela. I think Ann Vandersteel broke this story. I don't know the truth. I haven't validated it. I don't have any receipts on it, but that Hezbollah is get, buying Venezuelan passports and represent them, representing themselves as Venezuelans. And allegedly they speak, they've been trained to speak perfect Spanish. Now, is that true? I have no idea, but that's always my concern, even in operations like that. You know, I believe in legal immigration. To be honest with you, many times I've thought that if we unified with Mexico and Canada, we'd be a much more stronger We'd be a much more stronger country, meaning that unlimited natural resources on both sides, great labor pool, and I'm sure our own military could quickly uh, reduce the influence <laughs> for a number of reasons. I believe they could control the cartels pretty readily if they decided to. I've often mentioned that drone strikes to deal with the cartel would be beneficial since the Mexican government is so influenced by them and is unwilling to make the tough decisions. We could probably handle that, but at the same time, it's not easy easy to do this now george you had something you wanted to say and i didn't want to step on you um no he answered it, it was that We're good. okay great yeah. dr jan you have any comment on any of what we just discussed here because I, I don't yes. want to leave you out by any means because you're an no, important part of the show okay i'm i'm happy to be here and um, <laughs> you having the chance to uh to get to know the general and for the public to get to know the general well, which i think yeah You've done a wonderful introduction and you've brought the best uh, out of him. Um, I, I see it a little differently. I think that Obama's apology tour was the first step in creating guilt, shame, uh, resentment, victimhood, so that people started hating America. I think that the support of the transgender or the supposed transgender community is, first off, it's 0.001% of the population. Sure. And we are being forced to adjust to keep our mouths shut, but it is a form of manipulating us to not speak. They're pushing disgusting things on us, mm, I but agree. it's hate speech. You can't say anything. You'll get canceled. So I think it's all part of the, cult the culture war, but using the culture war to take our voices away. I think you know, that's well said. Lance, actually, yes. something, you know, Khalid Marshall, the leader and founding member of Islamic terror group Hamas, he's actually called for a global day of rage tomorrow, which, which is tomorrow, Friday. And yeah, we're talking global. Like, who knows? Friday the 13th. Yeah. Ooh. Well, my thing would be that if that was to happen here in the United States, I hope people are prepared to deal with it with extreme prejudice. Of course, that's me. 
I don't believe that terrorism should be allowed in any form on U.S. soil. That includes BLM, Antifa. I don't believe what we saw out of the J6 defendants, in the majority of them at least, there were some exceptions, was terrorism or was what I would consider criminal activity. I think it was propelled into a Fed's direction. But there are many groups, and I would include the people like, I'm actually surprised that no president has ever gone after the individuals involved in the WEF. I'm not a big fan of the WHO or the C. CDC, but I clearly don't think that the World Economic Forum, people like Klaus Schwab, Alexander Schwab, uh, Al, you know, uh, Alexander Soros, and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, 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 the advisor to Schwab, Haral Navar Navari, oh. is that right? Oh, man, I can't stand him. I, and I'm on, honestly, I think because of the overt acts they've made, I believe they're international terrorists, and I'm not asking anybody else to comment on that. I can be outspoken because I, I don't think the the odds of me being in U.S. government this time, unless so, somebody really needs a strong hand, that's probably my best bet. Uh, not that I wouldn't do it, not that I wouldn't donate all the money I was given as a salary. I think that country, the country needs to be filled with patriots. But I want to talk about something here, and then we're going to get... I know I've used a bunch of your guys' time, and time is valuable. It's precious commodity. And first of all, I want to thank you both for the time you've taken and the relaxed uh, mode, because we've obviously been all over the map here. But I want to talk about paid shills, infiltrators. Mm -hmm. And I like to use the term infiltrators with an I in there, actually, as traders. Uh, I think there's dividers, those that block our unification. A division is a, is it, and I believe division is, a, is a, an illusion of control, right? I mean, and it works very well. Divide us, it's, it's just like they do on the, in the prisons, as an example. They want to put alternating gangs so they won't focus on that a compound with 2,000 individuals only has 20 guards running it. They'll put gangs in there to attack each other. It's the same thing they're doing with us, right? They use, they use racism. They use uh, taking uh, you know, some narrative based on one statement to try to undermine an individual like they did to the general. Uh, as of late, we have seen multiple attacks on General Flynn, Roger Stone, Greg Phillips, who are all friends of mine on Dr. communication Jan. with them. Yeah, and Dr. Chan, I said that. But Dr. Chan, you have been, and, 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 and I appreciate that Tony earlier had commented on this so candidly. This has been something that you've seen specifically as of late, and I know it's, it's something that you really want to tell, tell the community something. So, George, yeah. can, can we highlight her and can we give her a Absolutely. chance to say, for you to stop I think unity is at risk. I don't know if that's where you're going with this, but Dr. Jan. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, so my team uh, has been doing a lot of uh, following, but also interviewing quite a few people on social media. And we have seen a trend where there are three specific posters. I don't know what you call, we can't call them tweeters anymore. Call Excerpt. them shills. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and what, uh, uh, and also one of the, I can't say who this one person is because one of my team members referred this person to the FBI, but, uh, uh, and I don't know if they're trying to make a case that, it's hate speech online to put together these videos or what, but Shady Groove in the Matrix and the Authority Q are three infiltrators. 
Now, what concerns me is that I know we all want something to happen. I know we thought justice was going to be served on January 20th, 2021. We, we know there's a plan. We see different signs, but we have to calm ourselves down and not be as impatient. If it took the globalists literally a couple of centuries this plan has been going on and they have chipped away and chipped away and chipped away and if donald trump can be patient then i think we owe it to him and to the country for us to be patient as well but a couple of things are happening because the tension is building and people feel like something might be coming there is the frustration that is going into anger and animosity. And then Shady Grove in the matrix and uh, the authority Q have decided, and I, I don't have it verified if they're paid or not, but I would highly suspect it. But when you go after a general Flynn, now <clears throat> they, should be the ones that were double-crossed by the Vice President of the United States, by Obama, by the FBI, and for that man to then keep on giving to the country and to be so magnanimous. I can't imagine that any of those three people that put these videos together to destroy people could take it if they got it. And we are really looking into them. The other thing is Admiral Rogers, how could they be spreading that he is really a black hat? And the same with uh, True the Vote, Catherine and yeah. Greg Phillips. They are saying that these people, these people are so young, they probably have no idea that um, Catherine Engelbrecht was targeted by the Obama administration, by the IRS. Mm -hmm. That woman has fought and fought and fought for the best of our country. And so I have been encouraging people, I did an interview earlier today, uh, these people are likely to be seriously looked at. And if you're, if you're one of their followers, fine. But if you are then uh, reposting what they're doing, you are going to be in part of that negativity. If we want something to be able to happen, I always say, just think about gratitude every day grateful for the people that do things to protect us, grateful for what, grateful for being aware and having your eyes open as opposed to the people that just don't want to see reality. Maybe can't, don't want to admit they're wrong, don't know how to think for themselves. But the other thing is when a Rob Reiner or a George Taki post one of the most positive things that we have found is the number of people that take them on. 
and the the liberals just they just can't even exist on the other hand i attacked david from uh yeah david from uh i well i didn't attack him i asked for evidence based on a claim he made and then i was able to tell that his followers are just the ones that don't think for themselves because they were saying to me, well, you know, you could go to Google and figure it out. Why don't you go to a dictionary? Um, then, of course, I had to send some memes. You know, <laughs> I, hear, I hear you're becoming quite the meme maker, Dr. Jen. But well, Lan- yeah, I, wanna- I just really um, had to try to trigger them. And boy, did I trigger them. But we're beginning to see less and less that get triggered and more that are coming around slowly. I would say Republicans, independents, and Democrats, it's about two thirds because I look at how they respond to the liberals. Interestingly enough, a poll from the other day, 30% of the Democrats allegedly would vote for Donald Trump if he was running. That was a poll done by one of the news, the conservative news that actually wants to report the real statistics. They said the base come back that 30% of the Democrats would vote for Donald Trump. So hopefully they are waking up. George, you were going to make a comment. I didn't mean to step on you there. We're talking about unity, and you look at our our, the Republicans in Congress. They can't even come together to elect a speaker right now. It's so bad. But... As far yeah. as people like tacking and doing stuff behind, like what you're talking, about, I don't even want to say their three names. They don't, they don't get that from my mouth because they're just done with. But there's a, there's a few more people that are sitting with them. Well, I can, you know, we could discuss that later. Who I know yeah, for a fact. There are some that that we believe, you know, we've had lots of behind the scenes well, what conversations. What I'm really saying, guys, what I'm really yeah. saying is that we need to focus on unity. Yeah, we- I agree. To ignore them, we need to encourage their followers to stop reposting their stuff and really Mm -hmm. for them to decide, are they part of the spiritual war or are they part of the ones who hate America? The lines are really, really clear in that respect. There is no gray area. This is good versus evil. So I have a question. It's plain and simple. Good versus evil. I have a question for both um, General Tata and and Dr. Jen. So when you look at uh, Flint, Stone, Rogers and even other people, both of you too, are very close and inside the circle with Trump. So when you when I look at it, is when you attack Flynn or attack Stone or any one of you, you're really attacking Trump. They, and they don't see it that way because but they are. I mean, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Well, actually, Donald Trump said they're coming after me to get after you. And now that the FBI is targeting MAGA supporters. That's yeah. exactly how many times is Trump wrong? Never. How many times to destroy him do these people keep failing? And I, I think I mentioned I've known Nancy Pelosi for 40 years. I had complete confidence Sorry. in her that she would fail in every attempt because mostly uh, I would think that Pelosi could be a Jamie Carter who wanted to move in. (laughs) Yeah, she's a perfect, I think it's a perfect (laughs) comparison there. For those of you who were referring to the book, you need to get this book, Double Crossfire. You need to read it cover to cover. And I wouldn't doubt that all of General Tata's books are fantastic. This was a great book, a lot of fun to read. Uh, You know, of course, if if you were an old operator, sometimes you love to read this kind of thing. Listen, he can can make a book right now with what's going on with Palestine, Israel, you know, there's a lot, yeah. a lot of stuff there. He already 
has. Which one is it? Oh, uh, I've got one, uh, Chasing the Lion, <laughs> right. uh, which is uh, two books ago, two years ago. Um, uh, it's a part of my Garrett Sinclair series that essentially has a Mossad double agent that um, uh, where uh, Hamas attacks uh, through Gaza into southern Israel, and that's uh, a big part of the plot. And I'm only two and a half years ahead of the. I'm, the we're gonna, I'm going to start that, calling you uh, Tate Anomers. <laughs> You know, there's a great storyline coming out now. You've got the Iran Pentagon infiltration story. That's going to be an opportunity for you. But I want to do this, uh, General. We, we normally like to have some unifying. We want to give people hope. Uh, if you yeah. could make a statement that you could give people hope, you know, whatever you can draw on and uh, help try to help us unify the country, whatever you can say to our listeners, subscribers, our haters. There's plenty of those, too. Yeah. Um, and then I want you to, when you close up on that comment, I want you to go ahead and talk about what your next book is briefly, and then where can they find your books? When's your next appearance if they want to get an autographed copy or meet you in person so they can get, you know, social media, everybody wants to take a photo. And then I want to throw this last thing into you. Uh, I, I, I'm always in. George and I are the same way. You can't buy me. If you get back, when you get back into D.C. and you need a hard hand, I'm available. You can count on me. Uh, I can make the difficult decisions out in the field. George will be there with me. So anyway, uh, General, go I'm ahead. My own. Give us some hope. Uh, I, I would say be careful what you wish for on that. No, no, time. no. We take uh, it, please. You can, you can count we're in like We're in like Flynn. Come on. Yeah, we're in like Flynn. Yeah, so so what, what I would say... Um, uh, I uh, I have been maligned by the progressive left uh, and by, um, you know, e even the Uniparty uh, came after me a little bit. And um, uh, everything that I have been through, being crushed by the press, uh, my kids getting death threats, uh, the, the enormous pressure on me and my family as, as we've gone through this. And I still believe in this country. I still believe that... Um, everything that is right with this country can fix everything that is wrong with this country. And and I, I believe that because I've been in the trenches of combat. I've been in the trenches of the school systems. I've been in the trenches of, of our state governments and, and in DOD. And I, I truly believe uh, that uh, with, with all the support that uh, President Trump has out there, uh, that we can overcome this enormous uh, good, it's, it's good versus evil. Uh, there is enormous, there are enormous winds of evil blowing in this country. And you see it with, with all these people, uh, student groups supporting Hamas and, and the killing of Israeli children and, and women. And, and uh, the enormous winds of evil that are blowing, we can overcome those uh, through uh, as Jan says, unity of action. And, and that unity of action is coming together, supporting each other and voting and, and overwhelming numbers because you know that they're going to focus on five counties and trying to loosen the signatures of uh, uh, rules in those five counties so that they can uh, try to uh, overcome this. Uh, you know, what they know is a groundswell and a tsunami of support for President Trump. And so uh, we, we have to win because this country right now is devolving 
with the most divisive president we've ever had. And I think even the moderates are seeing that. And as you as you said, Lance, even Democrats are seeing that. Uh, and so we can win. And I'm confident everything that I've been through, you see, you mentioned Mike Flynn, he's a good friend of mine. Uh, everything that Mike has been through, he still believes in the country. He still believes I, in saving the country. Yes. And when you and when you when you capture, when you think about that, to have served so hard to serve this this country and the people. It's about serving the people. Uh and and uh, to go through all of that. Uh and then uh, it gets so dark that you can't see any light, but you maintain hope. We're about to see light. We're about, we are seeing light. We are seeing that that the most incompetent administration in the history of this country is, is uh, changing minds uh, in every way possible. And uh, we are going to overcome this. And, and my stories, my books, are really me processing this fight of good versus evil. And, and what I say to all your listeners is, you know, the, uh, the entertainment dollars that are being spent on Hollywood liberals, um, uh, you know, liberal authors, you know, there are conservative authors like me that are scratching out a living every single day. You know, support us, too. And, and as we... We try to tell these stories of the conservative principles that we all believe in, and we paint the picture of good versus evil. And and certainly, uh, we are we are in that time right now. The world is aflame. Uh, we we have to support one another and help each other reach that goal simultaneously, mm -hmm. so that we can get the president reelected. And. Uh, my books are available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Uh, I've got a new book coming out called The Phalanx Code. Uh, in February, I'll be on book tour. Um, hopefully, uh, I can come back and visit with with uh, this team, and we can uh, uh, publish the book tour uh, through through the Big Meg and 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 others, and and get the word out about uh, where where I'll be on tour in uh, February, March of next year. Yeah, that would be great. We're always happy to help you with that. Done deal, Lance. He's in. Yeah, that's absolutely. And if you get to Denver, obviously, love to connect with you. If you get to New Jersey, you can connect with George. I always tell Dr. Halper she's always welcome to come and visit. We'll take her all over the town. I, it is it is, it is, is liberal-leaning, but, of course, I hang out with conservatives for the most part. And I want to say this to the listeners and, and our subscribers and all the people out there and our haters. Your freedom is at risk. The barbarians are at the door. Your unity is, is a necessity. Listen, I may not agree with you, but that doesn't mean I won't fight for you to have the right to live the life the way you want to live. I'd right. give it everything I've got. I love this country from top to bottom. You know, I always say God, country, family, because I believe I put my family last is because I believe without God and country, we're lost. No and that much. goes for both sides. I want to see a unification in America. I don't see color. I don't see religion. Uh, you know, I see evil. And good, good versus evil. I only see one side to this world. And the truth of the matter is, if we don't take a stand now, we can sit here and say, oh, well, you're, you're making it serious. It's conspiracy. And you're, 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 you're just making things up and you're making it more serious. That is not the case. The problem in our businesses, and I think both of you can speak for this, 
We're so deeply entrenched, we see things that the average public doesn't see, not because we're any smarter, not because, it's just because we're diligent and we're constantly reviewing, you know, literally thousands of pages of material online and otherwise, and you start to see patterns. And I am extremely concerned about where our country's going. I know that the DC cabal and the bankers and all the people that are behind them, that are funding them, they can't be trusted. So we have to unify. And hopefully tonight you guys got that on this show. Hopefully you walked away and maybe you opened your mind. Maybe you were on the other side and hopefully we pushed you a little farther to the middle so that we can get the country going in the right direction. I wanna thank both of our guests. Dr. Jan, as always, you're amazing. We love having you on the show. We love Thank being you. part of your world and we appreciate you for who you are and everything you do. Uh, General, I got to tell you, you know, you never know when you get a guest on just from the open source uh, intel. You're, you're, you're a good man. I got to tell you, anybody that tries to discredit you is completely wrong. And you're the kind of guy that I want to see back in D.C. I want to see you back to back with Flynn. I want to see Roger back in there because he's, he's represented four different presidents. If anybody knows the game of the infiltrators, it's Roger Stone. We talk about it very often. There's certain people I really, you know, Cash Patel, uh, I want to see I want to see President Trump surround himself with men like you, and hopefully they'll lean on some of the patriotic Americans that have stood up and give us an opportunity to defend the country and do what's necessary. And you know, because I think it, we're at the point where good men are going to have to do bad things. It's it's wow. it happens sometimes in history, and we've seen it. We know 1776 was one version. But listen, uh, congratulations on all your books. Sixteen books. That is no simple feat to write that many books. Double Crossfire, amazing book. And I want to tell our listeners, you got to support these guys. Go out and buy their books. I mean, that's one way to do it. Leave them good comments. But the most important, go over to his social media. He's followed us. You can find us on ours. In general, what's your social media handles? I don't know them by heart yet. I will after today. But what are they so people can so, find yeah, you? So so my website is ajtata.com. Okay. My Twitter's um, at ajtata.com. Um, and then uh, my Insta is AJ Tata underscore author, which is the same as my my Facebook. Okay, and Dr. Jan, give them your uh, social media, and where can they buy your book? I think that book uh, that you wrote, I think it's a, I think it's well well written, and I think people need to go out and find it now. Where can they get it? Uh, actually, I've just been asked by a company because they came across about you know it was published in 88 yeah but, you know but they have come across about 50 hardcovers and it turns out that their warehouse isn't far from where i live so they've asked me to come over and autograph them so i will get back to you on that um, you might need a reprint. You might need a. Re you got. Um, you got the general a reprint. I mean, I you, might need you, one of them signed <laughs> copies, Doctor Jan. Just saying. Yeah, you. You are. You know, your endorsement is money in the book world at this point. <laughs> 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 the truth of the matter. Well, listen. I want to thank so both of you so much. We ran over in time, but we always like to go to a natural out. Thanks for being so patient. I know. You know, this is. You're, you're ready to go to bed, Doctor Jan. It's late in your hours, yeah, and I'm I, sure I, you are also, General. We've we've burned you up, George. Why don't you give us the last words? Mention our sponsor again and take us out. Uh, right. Lance, oh, I'm I, sorry, Dr. Jane. Go ahead. You had a yeah, comment. I, um, I, I do. I would like people to go to my Substack, drjan.substack.com oh. because... It's right there in your lower one-third. I put it in there. I have written this article 
Congress, the jig is up, and I outline why none of them are qualified to be speaker. And we, I knew that they were going to vote for Scalise. It's a sympathy vote because he has cancer right now. But we need someone from the outside. And I thought I heard that Devin Nunes had put himself up, but Man. it wasn't there. But if if we get Devin Nunes, we get Cash Patel. And these yeah. guys know how things, but have a voice, send it to your Congress people and let them know how incompetent they are because I really outline it. And one of my quotes in there is from a former congressman who, when I asked him why the gun issue never gets resolved, he confided in me and he said, if either side resolves it, we have nothing to campaign on. Hmm. Yeah, I, I believe that's true. I mean, they always try to play whatever they think is going to get them some segment of votes. Now, listen, don't forget to follow us at Lance Miliacho, at G. Valentine, at The Big Mig Show. And, George, go ahead. I just want to make sure we got the follows in for X. All right, so I just want to thank uh, General Tata for coming on the show. It was an honor and a pleasure to have you here. You're welcome here anytime. And, sir... When Trump wins and you're in that back in that those positions, it's time to clean house. That's it. We got to clean house. Dr. Yeah. Jan, you come to New Jersey. There is no we. It's just you and me. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. So, anyways, uh, I want to thank all our listeners. Big Big Mafia, thank you. Uh, Mona, you'll always be my fave. Tracy, it's glad to hear you smiling. Papa, a lot of credit dealing with them three. Cat Digit. Everybody have a good night. God bless. Stay See frosty. See mud, our sponsor, George. Do not I'm forget not those yet. guys. I'm not done oh. yet. Stay right. frosty, especially for tomorrow, Friday 13th. And we'd like to thank our sponsor, Sea of Mud Apparel. Please look them up. Shirts, cups, knives, hats. They got everything. They have women's shirts. They even got dresses. Got a nice dress for you. I seen when you seen it on the website, Dr. Jan. Might have to buy you one. You'll like it. But yeah, Sea <laughs> of Mud George. Apparel. <laughs> Gotta get the guy business. You get 15% off with the coupon code, the big mig. Have a good night. God bless. God bless you guys. Sea of Mud, we make apparel that speaks for you. We're American made with locally sourced manufacturing that works as hard as you do. Some of our threads aren't for the faint of heart. We make sure of it. From the ashes of the Alamo to the victory that is now Texas, Sea of Mud is America's rural country personified. It's a one-stop shop for American culture. Our threads are bound to make a statement that is bold as the American spirit. and hardened criminals too. Today, everyone is being tracked, then profiled, 
analyzed, and your information used against you, sold to the highest bidder, or just outright stolen. Even worse, the coming AI state, artificial intelligence, is now watching you like never before. Without privacy, you have no freedom. Every patriot, every American citizen believes we are a government of the people and by the people, not the other way around. So the time to act is now. Reclaim your right to privacy with Alias ID. Learn more at aliasid.com and try these powerful and proven tools that deliver dependable results backed by our $1 million privacy protection guarantee against data breach. It's all yours, risk-free for 45 days. You have nothing to lose but a lifetime of privacy and freedom to regain until Big Brother and Big Tech changes for the better and forever. Wow, it's so soft and smooth. It's cool to the touch. How did you do that? Well, we took my pillow's patented bill and combine it with this new technology that we didn't have back then when I invented my pillow to bring you the best pillow in history, my pillow 2.0. Because of all of you, my pillow 2.0 has been a huge success, and now we're bringing you our best-selling go anywhere my pillows with the same temperature regulating technology, made with my patented adjustable fill and brand new cooling fabric. They're truly the next generation of my pillow. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to save over 60% on our MyPillow 2.0 four-pack special. You'll get two MyPillows and two go-anywhere MyPillows, regular $259.92, now only $99.98. King size, just $10 more. This is a limited time offer, so please order now.